You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. It's Two Chunks Day, which means it's extra special, extra wonderful, extra tasty? I think so. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and the hunk is me. <laughs> Yee-hoo. I'm Doge, and uh, yeah, I'm a yeah. hunk the size of a tangerine. Very good. And I'm Carter, and I'm not wearing hunky pants. <laughs> yep. Carter, I said to my wife, if one of my co-hosts does not say I'm not wearing hunky pads, I will quit the podcast. Did we you did say it. did you say anything like am I fulfilling anything you wanted <laughs> from somebody to say? I think everyone Almost knew that we were gonna get the marbles against teeth noise for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. That's one of the many sacrifices for our craft. Yeah. This is just what we do though, right? We deliver. Yeah. We are one like, mind on when this people, day. When people play a, a sport for the Olympics, it probably doesn't feel good. It hurts their body a little bit, but it's their duty to their country. Yeah. I don't do anything that doesn't hurt. And that's what people don't understand. <laughs> if it feels good, I don't do it. I don't yeah. do it. That's weakness. I do not do that thing. We could have named Pain this podcast is anything. <laughs> leaving the body. And I know that because of a t-shirt that somebody wore in seventh grade. Yep. 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 Today is Two Chunks Day. Yeah. It is Two Chunks Day. And how about that new theme song? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. The bops. Couple local hey. heroes hey. put their heads hey. together. Hey. hey, Carter, are hey. you wearing our merch? Yeah. It's Two Chunks Day. <laughs> it's Two Chunks Day. <laughs> of course I am. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot that can be said on this moment to stay. One of those is uh, uh, w- w- we did it. Yeah. We made it. Can, I mean, we can we talk it. about how not too long ago we realized what episode was falling on this day? That's the yeah, big that's thing. Cool. Isn't it? That feels a little bit special, doesn't it? That's pretty yeah. cool. Especially because this has been a movie that we have maybe every time we have ever had like a planning session. We've been like, any chance of getting the Dark Knight in there somehow? <laughs> uh, I Get guess spoiler alert for what we're here. doing. Can we, can, we get some, we get some Dark Knight in here? Can we get some Batman in here? And so the fact that it's landing on today of all days it's is fun. momentous. It's fun. We did it. We did it. This is, I don't know. It's, I didn't, it's not that I didn't expect our show to go on this long. But, well, I surely, <laughs> surely expected that people would have stopped listening by now. Yeah. Maybe guess, maybe at least stopped uh, growing by now. Yeah, I guess I would have thought that people had enough by this That's, point. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> How I many think. years? I, what's funny is we're not even really celebrating an anniversary. No, it's I know. It's just the fact that all these twos <laughs> fell. But it's this like nothing. Today is how old nothing. Is the po- how old is the podcast? It'll be five years since our first episode in oh. October of this year. So you're telling me. My Lord. Like the life of our podcast is just about old enough to go to school. Yeah. So, like, there could be someone who started day one, got pregnant, and they have an almost five-year-old. Might be going to kindergarten. Yeah, that's true. Bonkers. Yep. If you got a two-chucks baby, uh, hit us up. Yo. Yeah, if you, have any, if you have any babies named Jordan, Doge, or Carter after us, or if you named your baby podcast, they'll, they'll be, or if you they'll named be your baby two-chucks. There'll be lots of new ones after that, that intro. I think there's going to be lots yeah. of two-chucks babies. That's, yeah, that's people true. are going to loop Just that. put that on loop. <laughs> Play a little bit of Sega Genesis, man. <laughs> um, you know, today's not really about us, though, is it? Yes, it actually, is yes, completely about us. It absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding, JK. No, the, the I do. I w- I really want to talk about this movie. Okay. You know, we'll have during shout announcements. We'll have a little bit more to say about two chunks and day and all that it brings. Yeah. But for now, I'd love to talk about this movie, uh, which is the sixth movie in our Batman series, the second movie in the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, and uh, 
dare I say it, uh, uh, guys, I'm not afraid to say a, a pretty decent flick. Yeah, I think kind a lot of, of folks yeah, like this one. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie, and it's called The, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Our first movie that doesn't have Batman in the title. Is that right? Yeah. Well, not yeah. our first movie, the first Batman movie. We've done Batman a movie. few movies that don't say Batman in the title. That would be pretty wild if five years in, we finally did our first movie that did not have Batman in the title. <laughs> I love the Batman of the Lambs. Yeah, it's one of my favorite <laughs> You movies. run it back, though, all the audio, and you can, like, when you magnify it times 100, you just hear me going, Batman, Batman. Like, for everything. That's Batman. Batman. That's Batman. That's actually Batman. That's Batman. That's Batman. And that's BSMR. Batman SMR. I don't know what the S or the M or the R stand for, but it's BSMR. A bunch of booze. Um, Doge, would you synopsis? Oh, yeah. This week's IMDb synopsis was written by Leon Lombardi. Great coach. Leon. I really was hoping we were going to get one Nick Reganis. from Nick Reganis for this yeah, one. Nick Reganis. I don't think Nick has seen this one. Are you kidding? Nick didn't, Nick didn't write anything Stop. about this. I find that so hard to believe. Yes. Leon Lombardi writes... Set within a year after the events of Batman Begins, 2005, Batman, Lieutenant James Gordon, and new District Attorney Harvey Dent successfully begin to round up the criminals that plague Gotham City until a mysterious and sadistic criminal mastermind known only as, quote, the Joker, quote, appears in Gotham, creating a new wave of chaos. Batman's struggle against the Joker becomes deeply personal, forcing him to, quote, confront everything he believes, quote, and improve his technology to stop him. A love triangle develops between Bruce Wayne, Dent, and Rachel Dawes. It pretty much sums it up, don't it? That's about it. So you guys ready to rate it? Yeah. Yep. That's okay. It's an all right movie. Let's just do it. I know, guys. I know. The Dark Knight. Oh, baby, 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 baby's first movie. Oh. Oh, does baby like film now? <laughs> mm. Oh, you like the Dark Knight and Fight Club? Ooh, do you like Quentin Tarantino? Ooh, I I can hear it all. What if there's don't, nobody really like that? Don't don't make what if you what if you like straw man that person into existence? Saying, <laughs> just saying stuff that doesn't exist. No, it's just like man, it's like it's good, dude. Yeah, like it's good. Did yeah, you guys it see is. This in theaters, I did. Yes. So Absolutely. I was told. That I, I wasn't expect. allowed to see it. In the Whoa, end. really? My parents went and saw it, and uh, I have a vivid memory of my parents coming home and my dad being like, there's this pencil scene that's, like, insane. Wait, how old are you? How old were you at the time? Uh, you were, like, 14. 14. 14 or 15? <laughs> yeah. And and my, my dad Carter, was like— you're in college, huh? Yeah. 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 My, my dad was like, that, there's a pencil scene that's pretty crazy. You probably shouldn't see this. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I definitely won't see it. And then I just went over to stay the night at a friend's house and saw it with them. So Can I can I share my unique theater experience here? I would love that. So this is already, and we'll unpack this as we go. The Dark Knight has already got a really surreal vibe about it the moment it comes out because of the tragedy of, of Heath Ledger. Right. So there's a lot of things, and it's it's such a visceral memory. But I was working at a summer camp, and it was one of our weekends off. And we've got to do. We're like, we've got to go see The Dark Knight because all these little knuckleheaded kids are going to spoil yeah. this yeah. for us if we Absolutely. don't see it now. We're already exhausted, but we've got to go see this almost three hour long movie. We go, and around the time that the Joker begins to talk to uh, Harvey Dent in the hospital bed. There is a fire in the theater, and they shut down and evacuate the theater. Whoa. So I did not get to go back to the theater for another week so that I could get all the way up to there to watch the last almost hour of the movie. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. And it was made clear to all of the students in my cabin, there will be repercussions. This was a Christian camp, and so I was like, it's not—I'll show you where in the Bible it says this. (laughs) I have the power as being older to send you directly to hell. <laughs> if you tell me anything. <laughs> you know, I they're will still naive. you to death. They're still yeah. naive. They don't know. But yeah, that was my, that was, uh, it was in two parts. Yeah. So I saw it twice. And That's then wow. Week, but because That's I awful. had to. Wow. Yeah, it was such a bummer. I was told I wasn't allowed to watch it again after I watched it the first time. Because I think I probably wouldn't have been allowed to go see it if my parents knew really anything about uh, just how cranked up to 11 Heath's Joker is in this. Sure. But 
I remember coming back from the theater and telling my mom about it and being like, he was like, I don't know, like the devil or something. He's pretty crazy. And she was like, oh, you probably won't see that one again. I hope you liked it. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I did. But <laughs> joke's on you, mom. I've watched it again now for the second time for this podcast episode. <laughs> Much like the Joker, I laugh at you. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I mean, I guess, look, we can dance around it all episode if we want to and just play coy. Or we can just jump straight into it. And I'm going to jump straight into it because it feels like it's going to be easier on us in the long run. Uh, Heath Ledger is obviously my super pump. Same. And it is just so special. Yeah. What we have here. And I think it's this, for me, it's the result of this amalgamation of his performance, the character itself, like the writing of the character itself, and just now this like legendary yeah, yeah, yeah. mythos around this whole situation and how um, sad and devastating and unfortunate it was. I was actually reading something this week that made me feel really good. I was still under the impression that his overdose was a result of his part in this movie and that he was in a really dark place and really depressed. The reports are the opposite in that this yeah. was actually a really fun set to be on that he had the time of his life and reports from his sister say that uh, near the time of his death, she, he was happier and more like fulfilled than she had ever seen him, yeah. which makes me feel really good. Yeah, um, I think that, I mean, we've talked about it in a couple other movies. Heath Ledger is this obvious, I mean, I'm not saying anything new here. This, this unbelievable talent um, lost far too young, but the culmination of everything in this Joker part is out of this world. And there was just, I, before I hit play, I could have told you this was going to be my super pump. So, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that, that he's my super pump as well. And I don't want to just say all the same things that you said over again. Uh, but the writing of the character itself is really good. But the actual script for this movie, like beyond just the writing of the character, the Joker, is really incredibly strong. Something that I think gets yes. overlooked and overshadowed by the magnitude of Heath's performance. Right. Uh, but like, I even think that that character would not work as performed in a lesser script. Correct. So Heath is still, I think the best part of this movie, but the way everything else works in concert to support him, I think is really, really special and what really, really elevates his performance. Yeah, it's such a unique situation because, and we'll get into a conversation about this in a little bit. You know, superhero movies... Nolan does Batman Begins, and so people are like, "Oh, and it's and it's serious enough and taking itself seriously enough that things happen like Daniel Craig's Bond not too long after, right?" Sure. <clears throat> but then we get this this performance, and it was like, "Hey, you can make Batman Begins said you can make Batman like serious, and to make sure that we were focusing, and it was a, a very clever move by Nolan to make sure that we're focusing on Batman. It's going to very much be about him." And we'll put in some villains. And I know these Batman movies have been known for their villains, but we're going to put in a couple that maybe you're not as familiar with. Like, it kind of felt safe, if you can even say that Christopher Nolan is safe. So then it's like, okay, you knew Jack. Here's what a serious nightmare Joker, like, looks like. Right. And it's it's just this weird combination of even like a, it's like a posthumous Oscar. Like, he's, it's it's, I can't remember another time where someone got an Oscar after they were gone, you know? And it's like this really unique thing, but it wasn't a, it didn't feel political in a way. It didn't feel like a, um, like, this is so sad. Right. Let's make sure the Oscars make headlines and let's give somebody who's passed away it's like, an no, Oscar. He earned this thing. Right. Man. And it, it's this strange phenomenon, I think, that's happening around that time that I remember pretty viscerally at like 19 years old that like superhero movies were getting serious. This had eight Oscar nominations. Yeah. And what's crazy about it is most of it was like sound and audio and, uh, sorry, like visual engineering. And then we did have the Heath Ledger Oscar. It won two. It won for sound editing and then Heath Ledger won for supporting actor. But it did have eight. And so everyone was like, oh, okay. This felt like the yeah. first movie that was like, th so these are movies. Like these are like art. Film. Like this, yeah, these are yeah. film movies. And I know we're falling back into the like yeah. voice that you made earlier, but- <laughs> Here's what's crazy, and here's what I want to talk about right now before we get too much into like talking about the narrative of the Dark Knight. 
Not too long ago, Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture. Granted, not too long ago, we started saying 10 movies can be nominated for Best Picture. Sure. It was after this year. It was 2000, the 2009 Oscars, and a lot of people speculate that it's because The Dark Knight and Wally both came out in 2008, and neither got a nomination. Yeah, so I that's so interesting to me, and I, that, that was going to be my question. Is if I'm so the, sorry. Let's say that The Batman is not what's coming out in March. Let's say Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight is coming out March 2022. Is it getting nominated for some of the bigger stuff at this point? Because of not just, uh, I mean, a, a lot of like what the MCU has done for like just good performances. Marvel, like, and again, that kind of throws off the entire timeline because who's to say that Nolan didn't influence how good these Marvel movies end up being? Sure. But it's like, we don't have, like, why on earth is there no even consideration of like best director, best adapted screenplay best like i mean these it's it's like a legitimately good movie and i and i know it gets to be too like nerdy but yeah. why i feel like movies i feel like superhero movies are compartmentalized and it is being fueled by the scorseses uh I, I think people just think hey if it's going to make billions of dollars it's not really a good movie yeah, no, that's a good. That's and that a good just feels weird, and we don't have to go too much on that soapbox. But yeah, it was a hundred and eighty-five million dollar movie. So at this point, Nolan never really gets less than close to two hundred million dollars for any movie he makes. Sure, and it made a billion. It made a billion dollars when there, Batman Begins made not even four hundred million. Right, so it's it's like this massive leap. There, there's this difference, I think, right where we get so like. To answer your first question, I think The Dark Knight is nominated for Best Picture if it comes out this March. Because I, that's I a think, tricky thing. I, I think, think so. that that door has been creaked open quite a bit. I think so too. But that's also a tricky thing to answer. Like we talked off mic a couple of weeks ago about is Star Wars a New Hope a good movie? Right. <laughs> and like I can't. Uh, there is no objective stance to take on is Star Wars a good movie? Right. Because it just it has so permeated everything that it. Of course, it's a good movie, right? It's not quite sunk cost fallacy, but like. Is The Dark Knight worthy of being nominated for Best Picture if it comes out today? I mean, I think so, but it's also The Dark Knight. I can't, like, I can't take an objective stance on it. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I, I cut you off, Jordan. No, I think, I think that's a great point. Um, I can only go from what I think, and I think that it would be nominated, but that's a, that's a really good point. The, the other thing I was going to say, though, is I, I, I've just, as, a, as I've gotten, you know, I've gone through phases in movies where it's like, when I was younger, it was like, oh, the, the artsy-fartsy Oscar movies are boring. I don't want to watch a boring movie. And then in my early 20s, it became sort of the opposite where it was like, if it's not the biggest movie in the world or something really oscar baity, then I don't want to watch it. Those mid-tier blockbusters are not interesting to me. And now as I near my late 20s and near death, I think that it's more like there's just different subcategories in my head. Like 2019, obviously... Endgame was not going to win Best Picture. Right. But that was the movie of the year. There is no movie more powerful that year than Endgame. So, like, of course, it's not going to win Best Picture at the Oscars, but right. that was the Best Picture of the year, regardless of Academy opinion. Like, 2019 was the year of Avengers Endgame, and there's nothing they can do about that. Yeah. And so I think... There's this, there's a, yes, I get so annoyed with the Scorsese's and, and, uh, what's his, what's his butt that was like, I don't Francis think they Ford, should do the, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola was the latest one. No, like a couple it was days ago. The, the, the dude before that that we were talking about in Discord, uh, Roland Emmerich. We were talking yeah, about Roland yeah, Emmerich yeah, yeah. like a week ago in Discord. Ro Francis Roland Ford Coppola, Emmerich, I think. It, just all these guys talking yeah. out of their butts and being like, they're not real movies. Okay. Well, then you make one. Make something better. Make something people like more than that then. And I like, I like your movies, guys. Yeah. But climb out. Yeah. Like, just make your, stay in your lane, make the kind of movies you like, because people obviously love them. You are an acclaimed director. Yeah. You don't have to grab for fame on the heels of something different. Yeah. That stuff, it's that embarrassing. Stuff always feels like, it feels like maybe I didn't get picked for the soccer team. Yes. And then, yeah. and then I say, well, soccer's stupid anyway. Yes. Yeah. Dude, it's like, you're Scorsese, man. This is embarrassing. You should be embarrassed that you yeah. are- People love your movies, dude. If somebody yeah. asks you, what do you think about superhero movies? Go, that's not what I make, but they're pretty tight. Move yeah, on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I Work. think, and this will be my last comment on just kind of the, the theme that we're in right now. And I don't mind today. I think it's, people would understand 
if today ends up being a Christopher Nolan length episode. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, the Academy Awards are, to me, undeniably niche. And I think something that happened during the big game, I don't know if y'all watched the entire big game on Sunday. It's weird to bring sports you into know this. No, I didn't. I did not watch a single second of it, so but I did still make wings. Thing. Commercials, halftime show, all that stuff. There's this weird phenomenon right now to where marketing, aka like the world of advertising, has said it is now about a different generation. Uh, right. They brought back things. There was references to, you know, scrubs, older shows. They brought back commercials from when we were kids that is only really super nostalgic to people my age and y'all's age. And so I feel like, I'm not going to just like call my shot, about a decade from now, it's still going to take some time. I think the vibe of the Oscars will change. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's going to ever be a fan favorite kind of thing because there's too many arrogant people in Hollywood. But I think it's going to change. And I do think that Black Panther, as a result of The Dark Knight, kind of was the catalyst for that. I, I do think eventually it's going to happen and people are going to recognize that because that's just what movies are. Because honestly, most of the people that are poo-poo about it are decades older than us. Yeah. Well, wasn't and, Dune nominated for Best Picture this year? Yeah. Yeah. That's a blockbuster sci-fi movie. Those right. get no love ever. Yeah. It's just, besides like a rival maybe, but yeah. Yeah. But your boy Denis is tearing it up though. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. two Best Picture noms, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, and he he climbed up his own butt a little bit with the whole like you got to see movies in theaters. You can't watch them at home. And it's like, hey, Denis, grow up. <laughs> I can't. That's not safe, bud. What yeah. am I supposed to do? Would you rather me not watch your movie at all? Yeah. Anyway, all of that to say, there is something about this movie <laughs> that spurs on those discussions because it exists outside of the boundaries of, especially in two thousand eight, outside of the boundaries of. All rules set before it. What is, exactly. is this an art film? Is this a an action film? Is this a crime thriller? Like, what is this movie? Yeah, right. I almost super pumped the script. I mean, there's oh, it's the so kind good. of conversations really that we're having. You want to be like, where where are you getting that? Like, you feel like Harvey Dent is quoting somebody from another movie or for, from some like sacred text. Like, yeah. the kind of things that they're talking about it is so brilliant, and I forget how much I. I feel so much of a vibe in other movies of like the, you either um, are the hero, or you what's that line? Die a hero or live long enough to yes. see yourself become the villain. Yeah, things like that is like okay. Wait, was this first here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole thing about the whole thing about uh, the Romans appointing one person to hold all the power, and then that person needs to give up their power at the end, and how that sort of sums up. I don't just just I don't know. Uh, even David S. Goyer, who was one of the writers on this, has gone on record saying, "I am so surprised that my name is on a movie this good." Right. Like some somehow it just <laughs> everything clicked into place, and the script is so so tight and so solid. Yeah. It, it and it's is. really refreshing that this movie, in contrast to a lot of superhero movies now, and here I'm going to do the role in Emmerich thing. A lot of superhero movies now devote 10, 25 percent of their runtime to setting up other little sequels and reminding you that, hey, other superheroes are here too. Right. It is so refreshing to get a solid, self-contained story. Yeah. This could be the only Batman thing you ever watch, and it's begin. It's complete. Beginning, middle, end, and it's over. Yeah. There's nothing... We've talked before about like kind of the perpetual hype machine of things like the MCU and... Right. Even Fast and Furious, these big franchises that like really, really need you to go see the next one. Right. Uh, how like the stories can't really end. Uh, yeah. They always have to like sort of end and then take off again. It's like your plane takes off just again right at the end of the movie mm -hmm. because then you have to go see the next thing. Uh, that's particularly notable in stuff like the the MCU TV shows where it's like none of yeah. them can really have an ending. And I think the stories suffer for it. And yeah. it's one of the great things about this script is that the story actually ends. That's a good yeah. point. That's a it really end, good point. It ends without, but it's like, it ends in a way that does not completely shut the door on future things. It, it changes the stakes and upends the status quo, mm -hmm. but you could stop the story there. Right. Yeah, no, the, 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 all really good points. And actually, I feel like in a way kind of takes a page out of comic books in that. Like you can finish a comic arc and it's done. The arc is finished. The story has closed out. And then Especially you can pick the up stuff the next. That they, yeah, the stuff that they cited as inspiration for this, things right. like 
the Killing Joke, the Long, Long Halloween, Halloween, like all that stuff. That's a, a an example of a complete story that has a beginning, middle, and end, even though it's told in a serialized medium. Right. Yep. Um, and I, I, yeah, while we're on the script, man, it's just everything here has become almost like a Raimi memes, uh, prequel memes, sort of yeah, like this absolutely. movie. This movie has so many quotable lines that have gone through the blender over the last 14 years. <gasps> oh, that's the sound of me withering away into dust. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so many quotes and so many things that have gone on to do other things. What a vague sentence that was. Yeah. There's so many things that have gone to do other things. Terrible. And if you really yeah. think, if you think about it, that's how it is. I contractually have to agree. There's sure. nothing, there's no room to not because yeah, you of can't. how broad that was. Uh, <laughs> but it, it has gotten to a point where it's like so in the zeitgeist to say things like, where's Rachel? You know, like all yeah. that stuff. And the, the don't start Rachel. with the head. The victim gets fuzzy. Like all that stuff yeah. has been so uh, parodied, so repeated. Ledger's, so Ledger's Joker was like even a little bit of a hurdle for me at first to be like, I'm on board, I'm on board, I'm on board. Because that has been imitated so poorly in so many oh, lower quality films since this came out that yeah. it's it's the Seinfeld effect where it's like, that is not effective anymore because people have tried it and failed at it. Sure. But uh, obviously it's still now, effective. Here's the thing. We're, we're, we're closing in on shout announcements, but I don't want to get there yet because if there is a scene that I think is emblematic of this movie, it is the opening five minutes. Yeah, such a strong opening. Can we talk a little bit about what makes that so strong and what kind of sets that apart from other movies' cold opens? Yeah. Technically, um, technically, it's go. really impressive because this is the first time that IMAX cameras were used in narrative storytelling. Okay. Nolan has always been a fan of the IMAX look. Uh, and so he was like, I would like to use it on my movie. At the time, there are only four IMAX cameras they in the world. One. They broke one by crashing a car into it. <laughs> so they decreased the total number of IMAX cameras on the planet by, by a 25%. whopping 25%. <laughs> oh my God. But that's why, I don't know if you guys watched this on HBO Max, if you watched it on Blu-ray, I don't know how you watched it. I actually but ended up watching it on Netflix. I watched, it's on Netflix? It's just, the, all three just came on Netflix uh, oh. this week. Wow. So they're trying to get some of that at the Batman heat. Yup. Uh, but yeah, on on the Blu-ray at least, the IMAX sequences are presented in full screen. So they take up the full 16 by 9 aspect ratio of a TV. And then the rest of the movie that they shot on their regular anamorphic lenses is letterboxed at the 2.39 by 1 aspect ratio. Uh, but the use of IMAX throughout this movie, but especially here in the bank heist, just to me opens up the movie so much. It makes it yeah. so expansive and immediately yeah. immersive. Yeah, is it a wider? Um, obviously, like a, the the viewpoint on the screen is bigger, but like, do I, do IMAX cameras shoot at not a fisheye, but like a wider field of view than a standard it's, camera? As it's well? a bit wider field of view, but it also has more vertical coverage, uh, and so you get you get more like taller space shots. of the film exposed vertically, and it's not stretched anamorphically. So that's a whole other thing we could talk about. Is that like uh, the lenses that are used to shoot movies? to shoot them on 35 millimeter film, which this was shot on film. It was not shot digitally. They stretch the image so that they can get the maximum amount of horizontal space on the exposed reel of film. And then you stretch it back out in post-production. That's why it's so wide. That's why it's like a long skinny rectangle. IMAX doesn't do that. It exposes more of the film and gives you a taller vertical coverage. That's why the shots seem so much bigger. Yeah. So yeah, visually you're right. This opening heist is so impressive. Yeah. But then it's like it's like a its own mini thrilling heist movie tied up in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, because the twists are good. We also, I mean, we get before we even get to see his face. Which, by the way, I love that every villain, every big bad in Christopher Nolan Batman movies is dressed is disguised as one of his henchmen before we actually. Mm. See oh, him that's interesting. <clears throat> um, but like just seeing the humor of the Joker. And it is a dark humor because obviously that's <laughs> it's a really dark character. But the difference it felt like immediately between Heath Ledger's Joker, which I do think we get within these first five minutes, like he's like, no, mine's the bus driver. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously the what the guy would assume is a grenade, but it's just like a little smoke bomb in his mouth. Just the cruelty yep. of the randomness yep. and the chaos of who the yep. Joker is. 
Um, most of my favorite funny people, and I tend to have a, a Jordan. Uh, Jordan's birthday is coming up, and I'm going to go hang out with him and a bunch of friends that are all pretty funny. And most of my favorite funny people are the ones that are just kind of naturally funny. There's also funny people that are just like known as like they just tell jokes, right? And there's something cheap about that. That's kind of what Jack feels like right now. Even though this is this monumental character for superhero films and films in general and villains, is Jack was just like telling a joke. It was like a knock-knock, like who's there? It feels like Heath's approach to this Joker is morbidly just just, just kind of funny. The things that he's choosing to do yeah. and the way that he acts, generally the way that he walks, the way that he reacts to things. Yeah. Most of the stuff where I catch myself, it's an uncomfortable kind of laugh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like he'll do certain yeah. things like the disappearing trick <laughs> I know. that we'll get in a little bit with the pencil to where you're just like, oh, it's like there's a smile, but you can yeah. just see the edges of it behind my hands. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I'm right. like, oh, oh my God. Or just the way that he reacts of like, what is it? One of the guys threatens him later on in that scene and says like, do you feel like you're going to like just walk out of here or something? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> kind of do. You're right. There is yeah. something about his timing specifically for me that works so well as funny. Yeah, That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. It just yeah. didn't have to. It was still, to me, honoring that part of the Joker. Sure. Without sure. having to be so like. Yeah. The scene the that, humor, the scene the humor that comes from like together. absurdism to me. His, yeah. uh, he's, he's funny in a way that he's like. He's so out there. Yeah, the the absurdity and his own vendetta to prove the absurdity of a moral code and a moral system. Right. Mm-hmm. His his interrogation scene with Batman, which by the way, Commissioner Gordon walking out and turning on the light and revealing the Batman's right behind Joker. Very good yeah. Batman scene. Yeah. Like all time Batman. Batman scene. Yeah, I know we're getting close to advertisements. I have to interrupt you now because that that specifically is my super pump. Is that, that scene? interaction? Okay, yeah, talk to well, me about it. This is the. This is the this is why I'm, I want to hear you say, because you you bring up the humor of the Joker. It's evident here. So you just take the wheel, lead us straight to shout yeah, yeah. right here. So my super pump specifically is that interrogation scene on many levels. One of them being, to me, and again, I don't have as much uh, canon acumen as y'all would in terms of like reading the comics and the stories and stuff, but this feels like that perfect filter drip of their relationship. Um, just the power that, Batman exhibits and tries to put on, but ultimately the power in that situation that the Joker holds and how hilarious he thinks it is because he knows. It's it's the kind of person that you wouldn't expect to be very good at chess, but they're thinking several moves ahead of you. And it has to be incredibly frustrating. But throughout all of that, the fact that he's just still literally laughing in his face yep. and figuratively laughing in his face during that. And this felt like the first scene that we got that is my favorite thing about their relationship, I think in almost any story is how much they are similar and how much they need each other. Yep. And it is so revealed in that interview. And what's so fun about it is it feels like we're seeing the beginning of that, right? It's like, maybe this might be the first time that Bruce realizes what Joker is talking about and he can't really argue with it. He can't really say that's not the truth, right? Because... Again, and it's it feels like we have this was like the beginning, and then it's like, um, no, actually, it would happen later, or maybe it happens earlier, in which he's like, the Joker's like, kill me. Like, there's all these opportunities that you have to break the one rule, and when he's Batman's just driving the bat pod at him, he's like, hit me, yes, hit me, hit me. I want you to do it. Just I want you to do it. Never going to do it. Yeah, because that means he loses. <laughs> if Joker loses, Batman loses. They are tied together, and I that love it. That is the it. beauty it's of so the brilliant. two characters. It is yeah. so brilliant. So that scene is just, he just is so unmoved mm-hmm. as the Joker that he's just like, sorry, dude, this isn't working. It's actually really funny how much you're trying right now because, and this the things that he chooses to hold on to, and then even later in the interrogation room when he's mocking the, the, the police officer mm-hmm. to beat him yeah. up, mm-hmm. he's like, do you want to know how many of them were cowards? It's like, you... Oh, like there's still a dark humor about everything that he's doing. Yep. And it's awful. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's my super pump in a nutshell. I love that. Uh, much like a nutshell, if you crack us open, you'll find that the center is delicious. And it is also shout outs.
Oh, do I just I just jump no, into I, it? Huh? I was gonna I was gonna oh. replus. I was just getting into character. Then do it. I was getting into character. <clears throat> hey, it's wait, that's <laughs> shout the you hang on. <laughs> oh, it's getting into character. I'm gonna start soon. I'm getting into character. Here's my hey. character. Are you ready? <laughs> hey. Hey, it's shout announcements. Yeah. It is this day is two chunks day. And to be yeah. honest, y'all. We looked at the calendar and we're the silly boys that come up with things like shiver me Septembers and we love puns. And so we're like, how <laughs> how funny is it that there's going to be a 2-22-2022 day? And we're like, yeah, that's funny. Maybe we should do something. And then all these things start falling into place. And all of these ideas that we've had for some time, especially in the reassurance that we're going to be doing this for a good long while, there were some things that it's like when you get into the house and you've been living in the place for us uh, quite a bit. And you're like, you know what? I like the couch is good. Mm. But what do you think of like a chaise lounge? What do you mm. think of like, we, we need to be able to like lay at the end there. And then we could like Pace. move this couch into the other room. Yes? A chase lounge. This is America. Ah, yes. The chase lounge. The chase lounge. That's kind of what's happening right now. So if you were to even look perhaps on your Spotify or iTunes Overcast. or whatever it is you use to stream this podcast, you'll notice kind of a different look. Our good buddy Doge, who's pretty brilliant on many levels, like you get to hear like the, the podcast brilliance, but behind the scenes, he's doing a lot of things too. We've had a bit of a rework of some of our branding, which felt so appropriate for us. And it just, I think it was a, you know, when I get the push notification that, there's something from Doge, be it our new like intro song that you would have heard today that him and Jordan worked together on or like the new merch, which someone else will be talking about. There's already an assumption that I'm going to have an opinion that's just kind of good about it. I want to still be considered like creative and opinionated and artistic. I mean, I'm on a podcast that allows me to share my opinions, but most of the time I'm like, yeah, that's either exactly what I imagined or better. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking at that, we've we've had a bit of a rebrand. It doesn't change who we are. Chunkies, don't worry about we're that. We're the same. Please. We're just normal guys. It's the same two chunks, but two chunks it's, day. It's not like we got bought by the New York Times and suddenly <laughs> we're much more difficult than we used to be. Hey, yes. for real. <laughs> it's so hard. Today's word is glarp. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're going to see that the newness is going to be good. And it's something that, that we just wanted to be able to do. And it just kind of fell on a day that at first was just how funny that there's so many twos. It ended up being a bigger deal and something that I'm, I'm super, super excited about. Major thanks to my almost sister-in-law as of this summer, Gracie, for her help uh, on that artwork. Thanks, Gracie. Gracie's, Gracie's super talented. It's so fun. It is subtle. Two chunkies, or two chunkies, chunkies. If you haven't yet, like screenshot or zoom in, you're going to see it regardless. But those little designs in the back there, there's a little fun. You, you might recognize them. Or you might not. It's a podcast. Uh, that's us. The one with the hat, the one with the hat is Jordan. The one with the gorgeous hair is Doge. And then the one that's kind of like an attractive egg is me. <laughs> so, hey, Carter, I think it's beyond attractive. I think it's quite frankly very sexy. Oh, oh, God. Someone Seg else needs to do something. No, I knew it was going to... We have to stop that train from rolling. Someone else say something. Uh, here's something. Uh, in addition to our new art and our new theme song, we've also got some new merch up for you guys for the first time. This is embarrassing. Since Christmas of 2020. <gasps> we got some new what? merch up. Uh, and we're trying out a new merch storefront. We're going to see how we like that, but... Uh, as always, you can support us uh, sartorially by wearing the designs that we've created. There's a hat uh, for sure I'm going to get. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff we like up there. There's some notebooks that you can buy. There's some laptop covers. There's stickers. Those are always a huge hit. But uh, lots of new stuff for you to prove to the world that you listen to and hopefully like our show. You can head to twochunksandahunk.com backslash merch to check out all that cool stuff there. And it is cool stuff. The other cool stuff that you can do with and around and even for us is uh, jump on over to Patreon and become a patron supporter of our show. 
The we have a the the we have two tiers available. The we the we have <laughs> a two tiers. Eh? The we two have a tiers. It's a me Patreon. We have two tiers available for you, dear listener. And uh, that first tier, three dollars, gets you access to bonus episodes. We do a bonus episode for every series that we take part in, and you only get access through the lowest tier of Patreon. What's what's the one for this one? It's Lego Batman with Will Arnett. By the way, if you're not watching Murderville. Go ahead and do that. I have not laughed as hard at a show the as I did at, episode? at Kumail's episode of Murderville yeah. Yeah. in <laughs> such a long time. Cried. Yeah. Cried laughing. Actual <laughs> tears. Great show. Um, there's also a second tier uh, for $5 a month that gets you that first tier and access to our uh, patron-only Discord server. A lot of discussion, tons of Wordle content, lots of gaming content coming up recently, which is very exciting. We have a new book channel where people are discussing uh, a lot of the Brandon <laughs> Sanderson novels. We're going to talk. Thank you for getting on our Discord where we can talk about books. Books are like <laughs> movies for your brain. I know you said movies, but the the voice made it sound like boobies. Both, depending on the kind of book you read. That's true. And uh, yeah, tons of movie discussion, talking about Batman, superhero, all the trailers from the Super Bowl. I mean, it's a ton of fun. It, it is the best. So jump on over to that, please. Uh, also, tell your friends. Tell your friends about the show. Everybody loves friends. The Dark Knight. Send this episode to somebody right now. Pause the episode, hit the share button. I know you have a share button on whatever app you're using and send a link to this episode right now to somebody you think would be interested. That's a... Perfect way. Wouldn't it be cool to like trick people and we could share some extremely radical viewpoints that we have in the second half of this episode, but now that they've already shared it, they're tacitly endorsing those same viewpoints. <laughs> that does sound like our brand, highly radical yeah. viewpoints. Yeah. Um, and last, but uh, definitely, definitely not least, next week, we're wrapping up the Nolan Batman trilogy uh, with The Dark Knight Rises um, and... We're going to crash the plane with no survivors. So check it out. They're expecting one of us in the plane, brother. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, I guess... Um, super dump. I'll super dump. Are you about to super who, dump? Wait, who's going to do it? <gasps> the standoff. Come on. Who's going to do dump. it? I'm standing like the Joker at the end. Wow. Super dump. Super dump. Come on, do it. <laughs> Carter, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay. Um, something that Marvel has done much better, especially much of what the Russo brothers have to offer while they're at the helm. I'm not saying they're the ones that are the choreographers for fighting. The scenes in which Batman is fighting henchmen, I did not realize until this watch through, is slow motion. Pretty stiff, yeah. I'm ready for him. So something that got me, and I realize now too, with kind of a bit of an aftershock, is that with our the Batman trailer, we see people just shooting Batman. Mm -hmm. He is Pattinson is walking up through a dark hallway, and the only thing illuminating him are the sparks of the ricochets of the bullets off of his suit. That feels current to me. That feels like what action should look like in these movies. And it was a little bit stiff for me, legitimately. I think some of the scenes to where it's just people standing 
pointing a gun that I'm sure the reflexes of them pulling the trigger would be quicker than the quick reflexes of the of the pointy uh, arms of Batman. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of like, oh, yeah. it feels very much like what we would put together of a fight scene. It does kind of feel like a group of 10 to 15 folks waiting, like taking turns fighting Batman. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're kind of, everybody's sort of waiting for their, to get tagged make, in. Yeah, wait, makes more sense for a video game. But also, like, for a video game when people don't have guns. It's like, okay, cool. We can't all try and hit him with a spiked bat at once because I'm going to hit you too. But, like, this is just like, okay, now you go, now you go, now you go. Which doesn't mean it doesn't look cool. It just doesn't look realistic with how much time we spend on, you know, uh, Lucius feels like the surrogate for saying, like, hey. And that's something that we loved about Batman Begins and I still love about this are, like, our equipment— the sky hook, all these different mm-hmm. things, like the suit. Like, okay, we need upgrades. He's got to turn his head. And somewhere Michael Keaton is sighing yeah. relief, right? Yeah. Instead of like ripping off the <laughs> plastic that was that peeling uh, off that interesting moment. That black craft single Just Batman really cowl. Weird. Yeah, so it was it was a super dump for me on how like the fights, I, I just wasn't about that. Sure. The far more interesting action was when we had wheels. Yeah, I think I agree. It's good. very good super dump. Um, I'll talk about my super dump. I hate doing them back to back, but we we you know we sort of show down at the okay corral with each other. <laughs> just um, my super dump for this movie is that uh, it sort of feels like there's about thirty pounds of movie in a twenty five pound bag here. Um, I I just while watching it so many times wanted about twenty more seconds in a scene to breathe. Yes, the editing is so strange. It's frantic. It is frantically paced, this movie. Um, And part of it, I assume, is because they weren't about to let Nolan release a three-hour and 20-minute Batman movie. Um, But part of it is just Nolan's style. He loves that, like... Nolan's movies tend to feel like movies that are at the pace of a trailer, where it's just like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, we got stuff to do. Come on, come on, come on. And this movie, I think, does suffer just a hair for it. I think that so yeah. many times I could have used just a, a moment for an actor to breathe in a scene and to reflect right. on what's happening. Like we don't get to see, we don't get to see any reaction. It's all action. Nobody right. is ever yeah. processing information. Nobody is ever um, waking up and stretching before they begin a scene. It's all in every (laughs) scene is in media res. We're already there. We're already getting out of our car. We are already entering the conversation. Yeah. And it feels like this was, sorry, I was going to say, it feels like this was less, a lesser of two evils, maybe for Nolan was like, sure. I need to keep all of this development. Yes. So I'm not going to completely eliminate it. But so because of like the franticness of that is, we have like a pretty fleshed out, Harvey Dent, Commissioner Gordon. Totally. Bruce Wayne, the Joker. It, I would it rather add of- time than cut content for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I totally get it though. It's like, wait, what? Like to the extent that it's so frantic that there are still, with as many times as I've seen this, scenes I completely forgot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It does remind me of Zodiac in that way where Fincher wrote this super long script and he was like, I, we can't cut any of this. And so he told the actors to talk at 150% speed. Yep. Yeah. So everybody talks so fast in that movie and the scenes similarly just like have like a quarter inch of margin around yeah. them on either side, you know? That, that movie's just like, and next, and next, and next, yeah. and next. That totally feels like what this but is. But that with, that with Zimmer's score that feels very like always marching, always moving forward, always digga, digga, yeah. digga, 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 digga. It just feels like, it feels like you hit play on this movie and it's like, and a one, and a two, and the movie's almost over. It's like, whoa, yeah. Yeah. okay. Do you think any of that is by design? Certainly, I do. Because I know that Nolan likes to play with time. And that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not, the editing isn't my problem. The, uh, it's not even necessarily the pace itself. I just wish that in this frantic pace of, I mean, what, this movie takes place over like a month maybe? Yeah, I uh, think so. That in the frantic pace of getting through this hellish month in the city of Gotham, that we just would have built in some time for our actors to react, to act as though yeah. they're processing information, just to have more fleshed out moments than fleshed yeah. out characters. It feels like this was cut, like this, that kind of editing where it's like Michael Caine finishes delivering a line and then it's just immediately onto somebody beginning their next line in the next scene. Well, I think about yeah. going to, yeah. uh, was it Hong Kong? 
Is that right? Yeah. When, when yeah. Uh, he asks Alfred, he's like, do you think you can manage being here alone? He's like, tell him to put on their own bloody suntan lotion. Boom. And all of a sudden we're getting off the plane in Hong Kong and we're already there. Right. Like, it's, it's stuff so like quick. that that feels like there was, uh, and this is total conjecture, feels like there could have been a studio mandate of like, it has to be under this length. Oh, like I would two hours and definitely was two hours and 35 minutes or whatever it has to be under that. And so rather than cut content, we just cut the, cut that margins off of some scenes. And what's it called where you change scenes while you're still hearing the audio from the previous scene? I mean, it's, that's a J cut or an L cut either way. Yeah. We do quite a bit of that so that we can go ahead and move on, but also finish the information dump that we've just received. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is smart. I mean, if if this was simply an issue of time economy, yeah, it, they economized it really well. They really but you do did. feel the pinch. I so think. I, I think you feel the crunch. I don't know that my super dump is Nolan's decision. Whoever's decision it was to, again, let me let me just say to to end this sort of rant about the pace of this movie. I don't want to lose anything we already have. I would just simply like to maybe choose a select few moments to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Hong Kong. We don't always super dump. Boom, boom, boom. Right in a row, right in a row, right in a row. But here we go. When We talked about this last week. When you go to great lengths to make your movie realistic and advertise it as grounded and say this is what Batman would really be like if he was really, really real, the things that are not really, really real stick out like a sore thumb. Like how getting hooked by a plane would kill you no matter how much you had a rope. So so actually that is based on real tech from the 50s. That's not an invention for this movie. And people who participated in it describe it as a more gentle experience than even opening a parachute. What? Really? So that is realistic. That's crazy. The, the small unrealistic thing is Batman grabbing that guy's gun and just bending it at oh, the beginning. Yeah. That's a little silly to me. <laughs> Wait, did you hear the like sounds though that were happening? Oh, see, like using some sort of augmented strength thing. Yeah, they made it sound okay. like a little bit of like a tiny, like a electrical like jet engine. Yeah, like he I may have powered that. up something. He do does that, have yeah. those like almost like bat brass knuckle things that pop yeah, out. Maybe at that's one it point. then. But, but that the did real... feel like a bit of an homage to, or an homage, if you want me to talk a like homage, an American homage, homage to Burton. Honestly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yes, the I thing agree. the thing that is unrealistic to me is that in this movie, Batman flies to Hong Kong, kidnaps a businessman, and there are no repercussions. Okay. That is absolutely shocking to me that there is that is not an international incident of some form or well, but fashion. But even if it was, what would they do? It's bad. Like his whole thing is being hidden. I'm not right, saying I disagree. I'm just saying like, what are they supposed to do about it? That's what I'm saying. Like there is that, uh, it's that kind of cowboy justice element that, that undercuts this movie and is ultimately repudiated at the end when Batman is like, we have to, we have to try to work within the system. Yeah. Uh, but it's that element that feels... It just feels like there should have been some repercussion. Somebody being like, Batman, you cannot go kidnap a businessman yeah. and bring him back to Gotham. Hey, man, don't do that. Yeah. There's like, rules. That is, it does not feel like that's something that Harvey Dent or Commissioner Gordon would be like, us, the good guys who work within the law, think you should go kidnap yeah. a Chinese businessman. Yeah, for sure. Which I, I don't have a problem with it in the context of this script. Like it works well and it is a, it's a gambit, right? It's a ballsy move to yeah. say he has committed crimes in Gotham. We're going to hold him accountable. Again, like, it's that's just the- Super cool. It's the realism you create and then crush when he goes and yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally Exactly, right. yeah. You know, it's fun. You bring that up- sequence is very cool. Though. It's very, very cool. Like yeah. going to capture Lau in that high rise. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's so sick. You bring up the end of the movie- Um if it wasn't for Heath, this would have been my super pump. The idea, uh, it's just the most Batman thing in the world to say the sentence, hate me, I can take it. Like, mm-hmm. like they can't hate Harvey. They have to rally around Harvey. They have to believe that he was the perfect savior for Gotham. And it yeah. is okay if they hate me. I'm not worried about it. And yeah. uh, Gordon's speech at the end, why is he running? Because we have to chase him because he can take it because sometime, you know, and his flip of Man. what he said about Harvey earlier being the hero Gotham needs but doesn't deserve, or what is it? 
it's they flip it. It's one of them yeah. is the hero Gotham deserves but doesn't need, and one of them is the, the hero that Gotham needs but doesn't deserve. But that flip, yeah. the juxtaposition of Harvey and Batman as the White Knight, the Dark. I mean, it's it is it is perfect. Special shout out to my guy Gary Oldman, who is my yeah. favorite actor of all time. I was thinking of you while I was watching this movie. Can you can you imagine the? And I I like to think he was in a headspace that he didn't feel pressure, mm. but delivered. And I'm gonna. I mean, I'm just painting it with my Gary colored lenses here. Wax poetically, like, baby. The the fact that he, I think, almost anybody else trying to deliver that at the end that it could be so cheesy. cheesy. It could be so like what? Ugh, like why did we? Why did we do this? It's like a a bird, a plane. No, it's super. You know, it's, it right. just feels so. It feels like it's cut from the same cloth as Lois's weird poem yes. in Superman seventy six. Yes, but this it was just literally this raw reading of a script. All he had to do, he doesn't even really get to emote. Yeah. Because most of it it's is not VO. looking at yeah. him. It is just narration. Yeah. But it makes for such a perfect ending to this. It does. He, yeah. He knocked it out of the park. I was so proud. <laughs> you should Love tell you, him. Gary. Love yeah, you, tell Love him. Love you, Gary. Love you, Gary. No, it's just, the ending is is perfect and we'll talk about it with the dark knight rises but this movie sets up what i think is my favorite live action batman scene of all time mm. in uh, about an hour into the dark knight rises where batman sort of comes back for the first time uh with the cops in the tunnel yeah um very dark knight returns incredibly dark knight returns and so yeah. like heart pumping i will never forget being in the theater for that and so this movie not only not only is it so good and so self-contained, but Doge, like you're saying, it leaves enough room to wiggle out an understandable sequel that doesn't feel like it justified itself coming back. Right. That's the thing with sequels. In order for them to feel earned, they have to feel like the inevitable yet also surprising consequence of the things that have come before. Mm -hmm. And I think far too often with superhero movies, especially lately, they're they're not they don't really seem that inevitable and they're certainly not surprising because we tell the beginning of the sequel story in the last 10 minutes of our original yeah. story. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another unique thing too, uh, mainly about this movie because it just happens to be, it's because it's the Joker, it, it works even better, is like we don't really have to have any kind of origin story. You know, I'm so used to right. the uh, falling into a vat of something. Right. Yeah. Angry because I lost someone. Angry because Tony Stark treated me bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to kill his friend like, Spider-Man. We, we don't know and we intentionally don't know because the character themselves keeps giving us chaotic, different origin stories. Yep. And and we don't have to spend so much time on like, how did that, how did it happen? We That's the point. Yep. He has no, you know, we hear Alfred saying so much more like he just wants to watch the world burn. He has no motivation. He yeah. has, he's just having fun. And that's ultimately terrifying. Mm. You know, I know we make fun of the plan with a ruby the size of a tangerine thing, but his little speech about being in Burma that ultimately leads to, to uh, Bruce asking, hey, did you ever catch that guy? We yeah, burned we, the forest down. We burned the forest down. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the best it, thing about we're gonna Chris Farley if we're not careful, but yeah, I just want to say though, in the most Chris Farley way, like the best thing about um like being able to applaud Heath Ledger's performance is it's not like he carried the movie. No, like, right. nobody's like, man, were it not for because every element it feels like we haven't even brought up Aaron Eckhart, who is oh my gosh, such a yeah. good Harvey Dent. He's an incredible. We haven't talked about Harvey. Aaron Eckhart, Morgan Freeman, Maggie Gyllenhaal. We've talked Maggie about none of great. those folks. Hey, yes. I'm, a, I'm a Maggie over Katie every time. I don't know if we've talked about that. Really? Yeah. Of of that upper echelon of things that make this movie so good and Christopher Nolan's Batman so good, I almost super pumped in this movie that has Heath Ledger, the relationship that every scene that we have with Alfred and Bruce. Mm. It yeah. is still yeah. so perfect. And I don't think that gets touched. I think that ends up being a... A, a dark horse for like things that would never get better than blank, right? Because yeah. we see a, a new a Batman point. on the horizon and we, we can't help but start to compare at this point. Especially because when who's we're gonna seeing compare to Michael Caine? Like Sir Michael it's Caine. It's Michael for real. Caine. It's more than just that, it's the chemistry between it is. them both. It definitely yeah. is. It, but it's it's just yeah. There's just you know what to whom must we evangelize the dark knight? You know yeah. what I mean? Like 
Yeah, I had that thought a little while ago. Like, who are we convincing with yeah, this conversation? Right. It's just, <laughs> of course, you know. I, I, I must imagine that the people enjoying this episode are just doing what we love to do, which is just sitting there and everything we like about it going, right? 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 <laughs> it's just awesome, man. It's just so good. Surprise. Nolan makes good movies and Batman is cool. Like, who'd have thought, you know? Um, it is time to rate The Dark Knight. Uh, using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that that poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I buy the poster. I think the entire episode like of, of, of everything that i've said i buy it you know i forget how much or i i believe that the dark knight has just as much influence on uh superhero movies as some of these other it's it's fun to see that influence of batman and even when we did the spider-mans but like talking about because batman and robin was so bad mm-hmm. blank was created yeah but i think there is a significance to some of the numbers some of the like statistics of this movie in that it made $1 billion. It had eight Oscar nominations. You know, this was, it kind of ushered in something new and we only did it after having like the second serious iteration of this iconic American character. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm also buying the poster. It's the dark Knight. (laughs) It's so good. I'm buying the poster. Yeah, I'm I'm buying the poster as well. Of course you are. It's the dark Knight. Obviously. Right. Happy two chunks day, man. I'm not actually going to buy the poster though, because that poster of the Joker with the Why So Serious has become such a like meme at this point that I don't want to hang it in my. I would buy one of those posters. Do the other one. Do the alternate one with with the skyline in the background. Yeah, yeah, that one's cool too. It is cool. Watch the world burn. Yeah, guys, it's the Dark Knight. Surprise, surprise. We like it. You know, for for two chunks day, uh, we got you. A new theme song. We got you new merch. We got you new artwork. And gosh dang it, we got you the Dark Knight. The least so, you could do. So now do you love us? The least you could do is love us back. <laughs> I'm just, we're just a podcast standing in front of a listener. <laughs> with a bunch of note cards. And we know that your boyfriend's upstairs. But we're still going to play fake Christmas carols and show you these yeah. note cards and try and get you to love us instead. <laughs> we should do that movie at some point. I'd love to talk about that. Scene I'm sure we will. My, my I'm homies. sure we will. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's the, that's the Dark Knight. Next week. That's all. That's all it is. The Dark Knight Rises with Thomas Hardy. Uh, any any other info that I'm blanking on here? Not really. I mean, oh, <laughs> you're asking for more people in the movie. I was like, there's Anne Hathaway. There's just Gordon Levitt. <laughs> Michael Caine's back. Actually, Caine's <laughs> back. One. Christian Bale's in this one again. No. Yeah. Listen, next week, join us on Patreon if you want to hear us talk about Lego Batman. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and you okay, you have to do it serious. This is not, we can't joke. You have to commit 100% to this. I want to hear your best joker look at me. Oh, Lord. Okay. And oh, no, no. No bits. No bits. Do it serious. Really sell it. For two chunks. The scary chunks, one or the, the scary, scary one? one or the silly one? Okay. No, the scary one. <clears throat> for two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders. I'm going to back off the mic a little bit. Look at me. I felt pretty good about that, actually. Yeah, it was was barky. Yeah, it gets a little barky at the end. I hurt my throat. Almost canine. My throat actually does not feel good now. I'm Doge. And I recognize that what I'm about to ask you to do is difficult because this is a podcast, an inherently audio medium, but... Heck, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take my headphone out because this is the microphone that you guys hear me from and I will blow your ears yeah, off. Yeah, you're going to hurt me. Got to breathe from my diaphragm. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Look at me. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm Carter and... <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> that was too Batman. That, that was, was a little Batman, Batman, but that's okay. You tried, and they're I saying they're that. saying it back and forth to each other. They look are. at me! It's look like at me! Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> you know, we didn't even talk about how Heath directed this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty crazy. The handheld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh those so are so scary. <laughs> Let's just do another twenty minutes and talk about Heath. No. <laughs> <laughs>
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.